Hey there, I'm Krista, your host for the Birding Tools Podcast. Each week, I'll delve into the wonderful world of birds for birding beginners and those wanting to get the lowdown on what goes into bird watching and identifying birds. Let's get started. First, I wanted to let you know that I have a new free audio mini-series course detailing the basics of getting started with birding. Over five days with audio straight to your inbox, you'll learn how to select and use the pair of binoculars, get acquainted with the setup of your bird field guide, download your local area's bird checklist, learn the five keys to bird identification, and get insights on how to connect with the birding community. No matter if you're just starting out or you want to freshen up on any of these topics, this series is for you. To get this free audio course, just visit the podcast show notes at birdingtools.com or visit the birdingtools.com homepage. This week on the Birding Tools podcast, I'm sitting down with Christopher Joe, owner and guide at Connecting with Birds and Nature Tours in New Bern, Alabama. Chris's experience hosting and running a nature outing business provides wonderful insight into what to expect and look for in a unique bird outing, how to find one near you, and even how to consider turning your own property or community space into a birding destination. Connecting with others in the birding community is a really great way to enhance your birding experience and skills. So this chat with Chris is super helpful in getting you started on and thinking about how to further connect with others in your community. Okay, let's jump into the episode. Thanks so much for joining me today, Chris. I'm really looking forward to diving into our topic. And as everyone knows, Chris is the owner and founder of Connecting with Birds and Nature Tours. So he's a really great resource when it comes to finding out information about getting started with finding a birding tour, what to expect, and even how to start one of your own. So thanks so much for being here, Chris. I appreciate you for allowing me to be on here. It's always fun and I like to take opportunities and when y'all guys ask, I'm like, certainly, I don't mind at all. So I'm good with that. And, and, you know, how can I help people coming up in the birding industry and just trying to get outdoors more often? I think that's that'll help a lot of us out. So happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm so appreciative of you. So when I have guests, I always like to start by asking you to take a couple of minutes to talk about how you got started or interested in the birding world. I've always been an outdoor person. I grew up on a uh, Black Angus cattle farm. I'm third generation. So we always were exposed to the outdoors. And the funny thing is, is like we were finished working with the cows and we would just go off exploring and we would be all in the woods. We would see different birds there. I mean, at that time, we weren't into it, into it to where, okay, we know what a cardinal is. We got with the egret, great blue heron. We know those birds. But then there's like other things that just it really never clicked into. Like, what is that exactly? So as time moved on and then uh, I started managing our property for uh, wildlife habitat and mainly deer, turkey, rabbits, that kind of thing. So once dad said, hey, you know, you can do what you need to. So I started setting up game cameras. We started planting wildlife food plots and a lot of that habitat management brought in different bird species. So we were seeing things and, you know, we hadn't seen in a while. And we started doing our hay cutting, uh, harvesting. We cut our own hay. So while we're cutting the hay and these birds are coming around, and this is before I found out what they were. And I'm like, why are these birds flying around and following us on the tractor? And I mean, they were huge. Come to find out they were swallowtail kites and Mississippi kites. So it's not, I mean, not even, you can be like clockwork, 20 to 30 minutes in from us started cutting, 
here they came and they mean it was just littering the sky following us going in front never hit anything i'm like they were so close you can see the eyes but i it just kind of struck something in me to where now i want to get into this more often i want to show people and provide that space because we're private landowners and a lot of people are hesitant to go to parks and you know because you're not sure who you're going to run into and it's just a hassle sometimes but it's like well i can go to connecting with birds and nature tours and they can take me around personally and give me the background history of the property and take me to the different areas and i can sit as long as i want to i don't even you can stay pretty much all day if you want to and a lot of people they go get lunch and then they come back and do the afternoon tour because the birds in the morning and the birds in the evening are completely different and the woods sound different. So a lot of people just are enjoying, you know, they like to do that. So I just, I'm thrilled to do it. And and just me coming upon this, I mean, it's like a dream. Cause if somebody told me, they said, man, you'll be doing tourism. I didn't set out to do that, but here we are. That is so incredible. And I've seen the posts that you've done and the paintings that your brother Tim has yeah. also done of the kites. And they're just so beautiful, such beautiful birds. And I feel like providing that unique opportunity to people in a situation where they might not get to see some of these things and all these different habitats that y'all have is so amazing. I had one guy, he came and he said, Chris, this is about the best burning experience I've had. He said, I'm literally sitting in the hayfield and the birds are flying over my head and I'm, I don't even have to do anything. I get to sit here. I mean, we had at least, had to be at least 15 swallowtails and about 16 or 17 Mississippi kites. I mean, people were in their lawn chairs, just relaxing and watching. So that experience is just like, you can't, you can't replicate that. And a lot of people just when they said you can come and watch them, I'm like, okay, we got to go and hide along some fence line. And but when I said no, you sit right here and we'll we'll bring them to you. And people are like you guys got these birds trained. <laughs> <laughs> I said no, we know when they're gonna come around. So it's a window from about May till late August almost. Uh, the Mississippi seems like they're the last ones to leave, but they they from those months, you know, we usually can get a good shows going. And a lot of times, I just let people go at their own pace. It's not anything that you got to be a professional. Oh, I, I'm a professional. I know what that sounded like. I know, hey, come enjoy yourself is, is my overall goal. Just getting people out, showing them around, letting them enjoy themselves at their own pace is what I set out to do. I think that's wonderful. And I really appreciate too what you said about people just being able to go at their own pace and even kind of spending the day with you and coming back later in the day if they want to which I think creates such a unique experience and opportunity really enjoy throughout the day. All these different habitats just seems so amazing. And it's like the fact that we are, we grew up on the place is this is not like, Oh, I'm a worker here. Hey, I'm going to take you on a tour. I grew up, my family grew up doing this. So it's like, we know this land. So you get a different feeling from us because it's like, Oh yeah, man, you remember we used to go down here and pick, and the people are like, wow, and you got stores with areas. I can show you where we used to, you know, go skip rocks at and then where we bald eagle almost dive bombed us one day. So it's it's funny to to have unique experiences like that, especially with, you know, people that really want to take it into account that, you know, you, we're doing something unique that we like to do. 
That really is so special. And you you have cattle active on the yeah, farm. Yeah, we were lucky enough on one of our tours, we had some people uh, see a calf being born. And that was something funny, too, because they're like, oh, my gosh, it's I mean, they was just doing the little shaky leg and everything. And people were like, oh, my gosh. So we were supposed to be birding, but a lot of we just sat there and watched the calf and uh, the mama and take his first sip of milk and everything. So people were just dumbfounded that, you know, we got all this stuff going on right here. That's amazing. Well, I for me, I would especially think that was so much fun to see because I grew yeah. up in a really urban area and uh, it was sort of I even when I moved somewhere where I saw people growing vegetables and fruit in their yard and had their own gardens, that just blew my mind. Like how you can <laughs> harvest from your yard. Uh, so go to the backyard, get something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So being able to go somewhere and see that kind of experience, I think must be really special for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. It's funny because you, you like I said, a lot of people aren't exposed to, you know, how many places you can go and like walk up on people and say, hey, can I come onto your property and look at what your operation like? No, get off my land kind of thing. But people coming and they can like, hey, I'm actually watching you guys do work and stuff like us cutting. hay. no, we really cut that hay and bale it to use for the winter. So you're watching a, a operation, you know, keep living on because of the stuff we're doing out there. We just, hey, come and look at us doing it. So dad, he always gets a trip out of it because he's saying, who we got coming down today? Going to watch. So I just he, he, he loves it. So it's fun to me. Well, and it's cool because you can see the birds also interacting with the things going on on the farm mm -hmm. and how the symbiotic relationships that are also sort of going on as well while you're, you know, getting the hay and and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, those birds are they're waiting for it. They're looking for it. So those create unique opportunities and photography experiences like I have your some photography. photography. I, I'm getting there, but there's uh, one of my guys. He's on the uh on the board for the uh, Alabama Audubon, the folks that I partnered with that helped me get started. And um, he was taking pictures and some of his kite pictures. I'm like, I, I got some that I shared and I was like, oh my gosh, man. But good photography, good clear days and people, you know, that can bring them to you. So it's not like anything obstruction. Oh, I got to look through a leaf. It's like, no, they're wide open space. They're doing their acrobat and, I mean, it was just amazing. So I, I did take some too, but yeah, that gentleman's his was spectacular. Most of the pictures that I I got was just a, a average day, me walking, doing something. Like one of my favorite pictures that I took, I I literally was just sitting in a deer stand and it just went right by me and stopped. And I'm like, so you just never know. You never know. Some of the birds that I've you know seen and were able to get photographs of is just... That has been really, really great for for me and uh, just great to share with other people. My photography skills has gone up because I've been, you know, exposing myself to, you know, going out burning more often. Although I do have my binoculars also, I just I like having my camera because I can capture it and that can also, you know, be my content for my page. So. Well, your photos are really great. I really enjoy them too. <laughs> I like seeing them and all the species that you have on there. How many, how many birds have you found on the property? Have you counted or? 
I've have, and that's another thing that I started doing. Uh, we are on eBirds as a, a hotspot. So I started, uh, I think last year or year before telling people, you know, help us get our species uh, documented. And a lot of people have started doing that. So I went and looked, uh, matter of fact, last night, because I was going to add some more that I saw Saturday. And I mean, there's at least, uh, I think we got total of like 50 species so far. And there's some more that, you know, as the season change, we get more into it and kind of get better with that. But, you know, 50 plus easy and, you know, just standing in one spot. And I tested this out Saturday because I put a bird feeder out uh, a month or two before and just filled it. I mean, not 20 minutes later, I had northern cardinals, red winged blackbird, the females, and I had some grackles and blue jay and an eastern bluebird and that was all in the same they were along the ditch line and they were just waiting their turn to come and i'm like i just put food in this 20 minutes ago and it's like i didn't even have to move out matter of fact i was sitting on a uh on my hunting uh stool and i was eating my lunch and my dad was right there i mean we're not 15 feet from the feeder station and they was just like oh they're not moving so let's go back and it was so funny but i was like that amount of species in that area but it's the it's the habitat that kind of brings those different species around because it's nothing that i'm putting out it's the habitat already so when a lot of people ask me what are you doing to attract your birds i'm like i'm not doing anything i'm just they're just here and we're just you know benefiting off of that from our you know habitat um management things that we do that's awesome and I would imagine too the different habitats that you're getting to walk through and see. Yeah, you're seeing all those different species, and like you said, at different times of year, you can see huge numbers of kites and other kinds of birds too that you wouldn't yeah. see at other times of year. So, and what are the logistics that go into running nature outings and tours? How have you managed that? the The way that I did it, and unless we're talking post COVID area, so we're you know prior to it, it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Uh, to get it started. Now that we're in the COVID area, it's still not difficult because I'm getting more. I'm getting more people asking. But what's the makeup of the group is that they're more family groups. That's amazing too, though, because just being able to adapt, I feel like, is has been a lot of a big struggle for a lot of business owners. So I love to hear too that you've been able to sort of adapt to that and you know still have people doing their their distancing I've seen on your on your yeah. page and yeah so at least still being able to walk around outside and see things. That also is an economic driving force because just because these people are coming to bury with us, they're doing lodging, restaurant, and I mean that's a lot of extra money that's coming into this uh low impoverished area in the black belt that's going to help drive up, you know, put some money in somebody's pocket. So that's going to be, you know, the thing that I like to also say, it's not just us, you know, charging, getting money. It's people coming from other areas, setting in there for a day or two, buying other things from other people. So that, that helps. So our little burden business, man, you know, may help the economy pull up in, in some of these spots. So I'm all right with that. That's right. Yeah, I bet I bet everybody is super excited too to see y'all starting these birding tours over the last couple of years, yeah. people in the area. Chris, I'd love to know what your advice is for finding a good birding outing or tour. I know in the state of Alabama they have a birding trails 
website. The state of Alabama uh, runs it and it's the tourism department. And most states should have, I mean, I'm, I only can speak for Alabama, but they should have a uh, birding trails, uh, birding and nature trails. I got listed on the birding trail site also. And that was a big deal to me because now people that want to go and search, well, birding tours in Alabama, boom, we're coming up. So I advise people, you know, go on a website, find out, you know, an area, even if it's not a state park, the more so locations, chamber of commerce, any kind of birding websites, uh, eBirds is another way too to, to look at locations, see what's in your area. I love the tip too about looking for the birding trails because once you said that, I remembered seeing them up in Washington and down here in California. So I've definitely seen those around. I'll have to post that in the show notes for people so they can see as well. But that's a really good tip. And that's awesome that uh, your property yeah. is on your area. Yeah. And they have different um, uh, signage for those areas, too. So we're in the West, uh, the West Alabama Birding Trail. And they have other ones that are the uh, coastal birding trails. And each one has a, a different different area. So. Yeah, those trails are real. Once you find them and, and kind of can get situated and where I need to go and, and what I need to look at. And then the e-birds help, too, with kind of finding that range of where what birds are coming in. So I, I did one for our property. So like in the month of May, you can you can look for these type of birds on this property. So that's always a big help. That's a really, really great point. I'm glad that you shared that, too. Yeah. So I've always felt like it's really important, especially for beginner birders or any birder to connect with the birding community and to find sort of that community and, and a good group of people that they feel like they can go out birding with or ask birding questions about. And I think that going on a birding outing is one of the best ways to do that, especially to meet people, but also to just find that sense of community. And I'm just wondering if you've also found the same thing in hosting, connecting with birds and nature tours. That is probably the biggest thing minus seeing any bird is that you get people of a like mind that wants to enjoy birds and being outdoors. And the fact that we can connect with people and that's like going back to how I got started the Alabama Audubon members, that's pretty much my first guess because they were like, hey, we've been watching you guys from the highway and we never knew that <laughs> how to get it, you know, how to break that ground. And then I, when I reached out to them, it's like, we've been watching you guys for years. So we got together and now, I mean, you can't hardly, like right now we're planning for a, uh, a major festival in uh, August. So it is something that once we kind of got that little group and now I have people like, hey, I got a bird question and I can text so-and-so that they lead the, you know, e-birds on the <laughs> reporting list. And I can call and say, hey, man, I got a picture of this. I'm looking in my book, but I can, it doesn't look like and boom, they can tell me what it is. So it's having very experienced levels of people in that birding industry and it's, kind of, it's that kind of connection once you find find people that are willing to, you know, to speak with you on that level and to realize that, you know, you're doing something great for all of us because you're providing a space for people to come and do this. I'm thinking that's the 
the coolest thing is just getting other people involved and getting the youth involved. Uh, I had my first little young girls group that came and then we're asked, they're asking questions, not just about birds, but we went around and uh, I found a, uh, I got in the deer stand and I found a rat snake shed. So I pulled out and it had to be, I'm six foot. It had to be about six and a half. And they just were like, oh, what is that? And I'm like, this is so neat because then we started talking about mushrooms that were on the side of the logs and other uh, track animal tracks. So I'm showing them what a deer track looks like. I'm showing them what, you know, orb spiders, the orange orb spider looks like. And they said, this is so big. And I'm like, it's, it's okay. So bird birding leads into other things that you can get more people interactions with. Speaking of which, too, and just all the amazing things that y'all have done, I just love all the different posts that you share on your Instagram and also your YouTube, getting to see all the different kinds of people who are coming out, like you said, the youth. And also, I saw as well that you have a handicap accessible tour that you have made, which I just think is so amazing. I was looking at how to get because the the property is there's there's 200 acres uh, is roughly probably six miles of trails throughout the property. And I'm thinking like, okay, some of the locations from when you first come into to where we, you know, do our setup in a meat spot to going, you know, back into the deep part of the woods, going by the creek. I mean, that's a great distance. And I mean. I don't want to limit people's experience by saying, well, hey, you nice, nice to come and bird with me. But, you know, you got to walk all the way over there. And, you know, you know, I had one gentleman and his and he was just his wife was just like, oh, Chris, thank you so much, because you could tell he wanted to come. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you can hop on. And this was prior to me. Uh, I'll get into what uh, the addition I made for accessibility. Uh, I had a uh, ATV, which is a side by side. And I was like, you know, you can hop on with me and I can take you around. And he was like, really? And and he just, so the group, we'll go in the group, me and him kind of bring up the rear and he still was able to bird. He had his binoculars and he was calling out birds and correcting, no, 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 that's a so-and-so. And I'm like, see, this is why I like to include everybody because they say, well, I can't walk that far. Well, I'll just I'll just be right here for a while. You know, I, I don't like to leave leave out people. So we definitely got, you know, take care of him on that day. But then I set out, uh, I reached out to a uh, business in um, Birmingham, which is a, uh, they build custom trailers. So I spoke with them and I, I wanted to have a trailer to where I can get people on safely. Folks can sit down and then, you know, we can, get you around the property and it's an 18 foot custom built i have non-slip size and then also a spring-loaded rear gate so i can let the gate down and i mean you can roll a wheelchair on there folks can get on there they can't lift their legs high uh to you know to step on the side i can let it down and you can just walk right up uh, i have nice comfortable hay bales and you can sit down and just have a good time. And I took an uh, elderly group um, all the way down in the woods. I mean, they were just like, oh my gosh. I mean, you can't, 
you can't hear any sound, car noises, people talking, nothing. It's just you and the wood nature sounds. And they just were like, this is amazing. And this was when uh, wood storks were still going around. I mean, there, there had to be 50 wood storks. I mean, just doing that weird tornado thing. And it was just like, oh, my goodness. I've never seen them do that. And I'm like, I'm like, that was just average day. Cause I'm like, I didn't know they'd do that either. <laughs> so it's surprise. I'm just as surprised as some of the people are when they start seeing stuff. So it, it is just hilarious to, you know, to see people's reactions. I can't wait to go visit yeah. one day. And you know, yeah. anybody who is planning on starting their own bird outing or tour business or anything like that, they should keep these things in mind. They should be taking notes and, and writing these tips down because that accessibility and the inclusivity is so important. So I really appreciate you for that. It is. At the time, I didn't know that was that was a barrier to birding for, for some people is that, you know, hey, we can go to a park, but dang, the parking lot is that far deep. And, you know, I'm in a wheelchair and there's no, I mean, there literally was no ramp to get up out the parking lot to the trail. And it's like, wow, you really think about that. And it's like people leave out that, you know, everybody is not a, you know, well-oiled machine. And some people have handicaps. Some people can't walk for long distances. And some people need my hurt that day that they might not want to put any more extra <laughs> feet on that thing. So that's where I come in and I'm not saying, hey, we got you. Just making people feel that they can come and be a part of an experience. I mean, how many people can just literally go and say, I want to go enjoy nature, but let me first see, do they go, are they going to be welcoming to me? Am I going to have to worry about other folks being ugly to me? But, you know, me taking care of all that stuff. I mean, you can see the relief on people's face and like riding them around, they're laughing and they're talking about, oh, you remind me, this is, this is what my grandparents' land was. And when people can connect stories like that, I mean, like I said, birds is just the the minor thing to it. People just, you know, get to talking and then people that are on tour and other folks, they're talking about other stuff too. So people are just connecting and I mean, making lasting friendships based off of that because they can always say, oh man, y'all remember that tour we went on? Well, you deserve it. And I think people also can hear in your voice just how fun and welcoming you are and how much fun they would have if they went on one of your tours too. And I'm telling you. <laughs> I say you're gonna have some fun. That's that's for sure. You're gonna have some fun. <laughs> well, so what's one of your favorite experiences that you, you've had since starting the tour business? My favorite one was the um well, actually the the first the first major black belt birding tour that we had and we hosted, and like I said, the 130 people that came. I mean, that was a full I can remember the night before cutting out business cards. Uh, my brother cutting up his, um, making sure he had enough prints, getting some of his bird art put away. I'm over here thinking, hey, man, did we did we put a, a flag on that area so we people know where to go? I mean, we spent that day prior. I think I left. I took off work that Friday to go in and do all the prep work, making sure everything was good. And then the day of and we got there I mean. I mean, we all were just like a nervous ball of energy. And so we had the tent set up. My brother had his art station set up. I had my T-shirt station set up. And people started trickling in, trickling in. And then I'm like, okay. Then people started coming in. And then the charter bus came. And I'm like, 
this is it, this is it, this is happening. And then when we got everybody loaded up and down to the area where we were going to do the uh, swallowtail kite stuff, and people were just like seeing the sea of people looking at what my dad does, you know, just farming, you know, basically it's just farming and all of, of that. And then the birds coming in, it's just like, wow. That's been my biggest, biggest thing right there, which is getting people to come down and seeing uh, what we've been doing. So that's my highlight. So that first tour up under my, the major tour up under my belt, just let me know that we can do this and, we, you know, we can keep doing it. There's more opportunities for people to to start something on their property. And I and even in my professional career, I'm a conservationist. So even in my professional career, just getting people to understand what to do with their land that they're a lot of people have aired property their grandparents left them land they don't know what to do with it they don't want to farm but they want to do something utilize the land and I'm like well I'm doing this on my property at this scale so I mean you can put up a couple of bird feeders and uh you can make you a nice little bird feeding station and it's it's just simple stuff like that that I think a lot of people are you know, don't, don't see it that way, but it's, you know, I, I'm here and available to, you know, help people. As a matter of fact, I got to go somewhere uh, next month and um, a lady wants us to come and look at her property because she wants to do something. She has a lot of land. She said, well, I want to do something. I, I just feel like I, I, you know, this land needs to be used some kind of way. So <laughs> it's, it's important that I kind of let people know that there's something that they can do that can bring joy to other people because like I said, everybody can enjoy nature getting out 25 minutes somewhere and nothing bothering you. Nobody's harassing you is, you know, can change your life. So I just feel like we're doing something that can be duplicated and replicated. And, uh, you know, even the uh, other state parks and some other things can learn from us because, you know, it's a lot of people want that, that, person to person homely feel and not being like, oh man, I'm I've been in the area too long. Somebody's gonna come shoot me away. Well, you know, that doesn't happen here. You can I can drop you off right here. You can stay all day if you want to at that spot. You can sit down on the ground all day if you want to. So it's it's something like that that I think a lot of people can learn from. Absolutely. And I'm so glad too that you mentioned the kinds of things that people could do with not only their property, but other kinds of properties. If you're trying to figure out what to do with a space that uh, could potentially be used as a great nature opportunity and nature space. We've heard so much about all the different people who've benefited from being able to come and visit you. So being able to have that in other places too, I think yeah. would be so wonderful. Yeah, because there are different birds in different areas. But yeah, that's that's the kind of fun stuff that if you got two or three people that are hosting tours and like, hey, man, we got this bird just showed up. Boom. Now you got another area that's showing a different bird. And then I got some different stuff because I have a, a creek and a shallow water pond that's going to bring in different birds. And then the catfish ponds are right next to us. So the bald eagles are always going around. So People just like you can never I mean, it, if you could put a, a group of folks together in areas that can, you know, kind of do that stuff, it is fun. Thank you so much again, Chris. And could you just also share with everyone where they can follow you and learn more about you? 
Uh, you can follow me. Let's start on birdsandnaturetour.wixsite.com is the website. And then I'm on Instagram as uh, birds and nature tours. And you should be able to find me pretty easy off of that. But the website will connect you to all my other things too. So the YouTube channel is also birds and nature tours. So you can reach me those places and I do post often. I do respond back. I do interact. And that's, that's my biggest thing. I like to interact. I love, I love all the photos that you post and all your stories and everything too. So keep them coming. Your, your photography is awesome. And just getting to promo everything that you're doing, all the wonderful work that you're doing, I think is great too. So, and thank you so much for coming on today, Chris. I really appreciate being able to chat with you. I appreciate it. Y'all take care. Wow, it's so much fun getting to speak with Chris, and I hope you'll consider following along his journey with connecting with Birds and Nature Tours on his social media platforms or his website, which I'll be linking to in the show notes. A really neat component that Chris mentions is thinking outside the box for finding places to go birding, and even looking into transforming your property or community green space into a birding destination or hotspot. There may already be something active or in the works through established birding trails or chambers of commerce and other local tour companies. Plus, connecting with other birders is a great way to find out about other bird outings and related opportunities, since some of those birders might even be guides or group leaders themselves. One resource I've found especially helpful for this is the Birding Co-op, a global birding community that links birders and nature enthusiasts together through accessible travel. Chris has shown us the benefits and incredible community that come with birding and nature outings, so I hope you'll consider going on one at some point in the future, whether it's in person or virtual, and definitely plan to swing by the Joe Farm the next time you're in Alabama. So there you have it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Birding Tools podcast, and I hope this material was helpful to you. To access information about the content I've mentioned in the show and the show notes, visit our website at birdingtools.com. You can follow Birding Tools on Instagram and Facebook with the handle at Birding Tools. And in case you didn't already know, I send out weekly emails detailing the content discussed on the podcast, along with some helpful, actionable tips and information. To get on my email list, simply visit the website or email me directly at hello at birdingtools.com. Next time on the Birding Tools podcast, I'll be talking about unusual places to go birding that you might not have considered before. Sure, we usually talk about seeing or hearing birds in our backyard, local park, or wildlife preserves, but what about some other good birdie spots you might not have thought of? Tune in next time to learn more. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get updates on the latest Birding Tools has to offer, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening now. See you next time.